what's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Roots, Rednecks, and Radicals podcast. Today, we're going to learn something new and interesting in the world of Americana, roots, and folk music. But before we get to that, I want to say a quick reminder to like and follow and subscribe wherever you're listening to this. And if you're on social media, give me a follow if you haven't already. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Just search up the name of the show and you'll find me there. All right, let's get to today's episode. Today, I had a chance to talk to Anders Parker. Anders is a great songwriter who's been putting out albums for the last uh, over 20 years. He's worked with uh, Sunvolt and Jay Farrar. He's worked with Will Johnson. Um, put out stuff with, uh, with, with uh, toured with, and put out stuff with uh, so many, so many different artists. We talked about him uh, touring with Steve Earle, and uh, just an incredible songwriter. This record is about his great uncle, who was a World War One dogfighter, and it's a concept album. Uh, the the songs are from different perspectives, and uh, you know, it's just like a super interesting way to approach an album. So we had a great conversation about it. A couple weeks ago, it's out today. It's called The Black Flight and uh, totally worth your time to go check out and listen to. Recorded in a really interesting way. And uh, yeah, I just had a great time chatting with him. Uh, he comes through this, this, this region a lot and uh, plays house shows and, and uh, other venues and whatnot. And uh, he's definitely, definitely worth checking out if he's coming through your town. So check him out online. Give him a follow on the socials and all that. And check out this new record called The Black Flight. All right, everybody, let's get to it and enjoy it. Here's Anders. Parker. Cool, cool. All right. Well, before we get to the album, I just wanted to take a few minutes and talk about the various projects you've worked on over the years. You've done so much, um, worked with Will Johnson and Jay Farrar of, of Sunvolt. I was just interested in, in how you choose projects and, and how you um, decide between working with other people versus doing solo work and um, just that whole thought process. Uh, well, you know, initially I started out with my, a band called Varnaline, which was, uh, basically just me. I had a name and a band before I had a band as it were, uh, although I played in bands all the time growing up and, but I made that re- first recording. Then I built the band around that and <clears throat> we put out four records and then I started making solo records. I guess, no, we put out five records and then I started making solo records. Um, and then, uh, I wish I could tell you that there was a thought process to it, but it's just kind of one of those things where the stars align. So uh, Jay and I made um, a record called Gob Iron, which the two of us doing folk songs. And that initially started out, he had asked me to come up and help with a Sunvolt record ages ago. And that kind of fell apart right before we were, that was going to happen. And then, uh, so we just did a bunch of recording on the, uh, uh, on the fly. Uh, and that turned into that record. And then, then Jay and I were, got access to the Woody Guthrie archives and he and I started working on those songs, which became new multitudes. And then Jim James from my morning jacket, um, joined and then will joined, uh, and will I'd known for years. Uh, we toured a bunch together doing house shows together and doing Centromatic and Varnaline shows together. So we've been friends for a long time. Um, so that just kind of, again, just kind of happened, happy accidents kind of all around. And um, I made a record with my friend Kendall and she's just been a long time friend and collaborator and we kind of decided to make a record together. So it kind of just depends on what, what, what comes down the, the road, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. Play it by ear kind of a thing. Yep. Have you ever played um, any of the house shows in Reno? I have actually. Do you know um, Tim? Yeah. I'm blank. Yeah. I'm blanking his last name too. <laughs> Tim. Yeah, yeah. Seventh Street Station. Just, yeah. Seventh Street. Exactly. Yeah. Tim's yeah. great. Um, I've played there. I think I may have been his first house show. He kind of oh, approached wow. me on tour years ago and asked me if I'd come and play. And uh, I, th- I think I could be wrong, but I think I was the first one. And I've been there, I don't know, four or five times since then. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw um, uh, Will Johnson and um, uh, was it Pete uh, Kinkle Schuster when they came through with that project. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, and, 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 and I've gotten to know Tim over the years. He's a really good guy, and the, the shows are super awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's a great he's a great dude, and he's one of the he's the reason those things happen. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's cool. All right. Well, yeah, I just like to get a little uh, background on, on on artists. That's cool. How, how far back do you go with uh, Jay Farrar? Uh, with Jay, um, I guess mid mid nineties. I guess right after the first record came out, he asked. Uh, my band Varnaline to open up a bunch of Sunvolt shows. So that was, and I think that was their second record, which the name escapes me. But uh, yeah, we ended up doing a bunch of touring with those guys and just have kind of played together over the years. And I've opened a bunch of shows for those guys and for him um, and his uh, Mark Spencer, who's oftentimes accompanies him when they do, when he does duo shows is an old and dear friend of mine as well. So we've got a lot of friends in common and stuff like that. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. I like that. All right. Well, the new album is called The Black Flight, and it's about your, is it is it your great uncle? Is that right? Yep. Um, and, and he was a, a dogfighter in World War One. And um, I just think the whole concept behind the album is, is super interesting. So I was wondering if you could just kind of give us the backstory on, um, on, on, on him and what this album is about. Sure. Uh, it's my dad's side of the family. They, they were all from Canada. Um, my dad's family moved down to Vermont when my dad was a kid, but his father's elder brother, there was four brothers. The eldest one died of diphtheria or something when at a very young age, like eight or nine. Uh, Leslie Hutchison Parker, uh, Leslie Hunter Parker, sorry, um, was my great uncle. And he was the next eldest and he joins up right when the war started and ended up, I think he, I think he joined in artillery or something, but then was soon moved over to be a, a flyer. So he ended up flying for Canada, but actually through for uh, the British and um, was stationed in France and moved all around there and was, I guess, active for over a year. And then he was um, shot down and killed, uh, over Belgium in uh, 1917, June of 1917. Um, and growing up, I heard a lot of stories about him and about uh, how he died. And uh, there was always pictures of him around. And my grand, my grandparents, my grandmother too, uh, knew him and, and spoke of spoke of him highly. And so he was just kind of a he was a legend, somewhat a, a folk tale and a legend and a uh, a familial hero, as it were. Right. Were you able to find any research on him or was most of the stuff that you used for material from like family stories and whatnot? Uh, both actually, I found, uh, a bunch of material and then my, 
I had done some research over the years and my dad had done some research. And then uh, one of my dad's cousins did a whole bunch of research. So he was kind of invaluable. Um, He sent me photographs, some things I'd never seen before, sent me some correspondence I'd never seen before. And then I found records online because a lot of those things are being digitized. So I found some stuff. Not uh, everything, because there's so much stuff that's there. So apparently, you have to go to England to seek to find those records. So someday, I'd like to go and check it out. But uh, but yeah, um, letters home and uh, newspaper clippings, and uh, and then there was notes uh, from his um, commanders and some of his uh, fellow pilots after he passed away. Hmm. They sent to the family. Yeah. I think that's yeah. interesting to try and put yourself into the mindset, you know, just gathering all this, the pieces of the puzzle and then trying to fill in the gaps and whatnot. It's a, it's a pretty interesting artistic exercise. For sure. And it was, uh, it, it was, I think it wasn't, it wasn't until the time to the point where I got, where I, I started envisioning the song sung from different people's perspectives that it really kind of started to resonate uh, for me. Cause I tried over the years to, I'd written a few other songs about him, one offs here and there, and they just never, I could never get it. I don't know what it was, but it seemed too trite or it seemed too sentimental or something. Um, but doing it this way, I, I found it kind of uh, uh, somewhat liberating and uh, uh, to try to fit all the stuff, to try to fit the different pieces of the puzzle together, as, as it were, you know? And that, you know, that said, it's not like, um, I mean, you've heard the record. It's not like a, it's not like a straight story from beginning to end, as far as everything goes, the perspectives change and the, the songs aren't necessarily in an order that portrays his story, but it's all there kind of in those 10 songs. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's not a chronological uh, thing by any means. It's, yeah. yeah. It's all these different perspectives on what the situation. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, really cool. it, you know, I, uh, Pete Townsend is a huge, a, a huge inspiration uh, to me, and uh, definitely Tommy was a a touch a touchstone in some ways. But it wasn't. But it's not like that as far as the way that you know Tommy tells a story pretty much in in order um, with little derivations and side side roads and stuff. But definitely the kind of songs from different perspectives and the way the whole thing kind of fits together is uh, was definitely inspired inspired this to a certain extent. Right. Yeah. I was going to ask you about concept records and uh, how much you, you, you have done that in the past because um, yeah, you, you brought up um, uh, Tommy, but it, it, it reminds me a little more of uh, like Dark Side of the Moon where it's, it's, it's like, you know, it's not, it's not a, a story from start to finish. Um, yeah. Pedro the Lion did that a couple of times with concept records, uh, like the album Control. It tells a story from end to start um, but, okay. or from, from start to end. But um, yeah, just, uh, <laughs> uh, um, have you done that in the past? Have you worked with um, uh, dealing with concepts for a whole record in this way? Uh, usually my, uh, the way I've gone about records in the past is it's usually some sort of musical structure that I give myself. Like, uh, a few records ago, I did an album that was acoustic guitar, strings and pedal steel. And so that was a concept that I had kicking around in my head for a while. And so the songs, there's some repeating themes, but not, no overarching kind of narrative to it, but it's kind of gives you sometimes, oftentimes giving yourself, I find giving yourself limitations is freeing, you know, where you, where you don't 
decide you're going to use everything all the time and uh, uh, throw in the kitchen sink on every song, you know? So I, I find sometimes working within those structures helpful. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. <laughs> so the, the recording of the album was really interesting to me as well. And it was done in a really quick fashion. And I was wondering if you could uh, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, I wanted to do, uh, you know, I wanted to do something that was really a document and I'm also, um, uh, I'm really, you know, I'm a huge fan of all eras of music, but, uh, especially, uh, we're not especially, but I'm all those early blues recordings that were done in a take or two, you know, all the early Paramount stuff and the Robert Johnson and all those early Mississippi, John Hurd and Skip James and, um, uh, um, Blind Blake and all those guys that it was basically, they went in and played their song maybe twice if they were lucky, you know, if they didn't get what they wanted. Um, and then the same thing with jazz recordings, you know, where basically you go in and just play the song as you envisioned it. Um, and then you get what you get. And that was another limitation that I wanted to give myself was that I just wanted to do it. If it had gone longer than a day, I would have, I would have taken a, a day, but I, I did it. Uh, I think I played every song three times is what it was. I play, I would, I went through the whole 10 songs then did them again. And then one more time. Uh, so I wanted just to capture what was happening in that day. So we just had live to tape. We had a f- three mics, I think. And uh, I wanted it to be kind of raw and warts, warts and all type of thing. So, mm-hmm. and that's what it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Did you um, did you just keep like you took you did three takes, but did you just t- keep one of the takes, or did you kind of did you splice them together? How, how did that work? No, there, we did one or two little splices, but I would say ninety percent more than that. Probably eight out of the ten songs is just the way it was from beginning to end, and then I think we did a couple little splices uh, if there was something that was really clunky that I did. Um, uh yeah so that was that was the deal yeah it's interesting you brought up the blues because i was listening to it i just kept thinking this is this is very bluesy like the whole thing has a a blues kind of vibe to it did it um did you start with that in mind or is that just kind of how the song started to come out as you wrote the record i can't remember where when i started to think of it i think i always had the concept that it would um I think I always had the concept that it would be just solo. And I remember I was, I kind of went through, uh, we used to have this little place down in another part of town that had really amazing acoustics. It was basically like an empty shotgun. And uh, I was working on the songs there and it sounded really great in that room, you know, it just had an ambience to it. Uh, So I think that was where I kind of, really decided that yes i'm just going to do this really stripped down no background vocals no percussion no overdubs or anything um and yeah that's that's kind of where it came came from i mean there's a lot of people like uh there's all the early blues folks and then there's all of the early like folk folk people the british folk people like uh bert yanch and um uh, Nick Drake and John Martin, all their early records are kind of very stripped down and spare. 
uh, again, all live, like that first Bert Yansh record is just, I think a, f- a friend of him recorded in his room, you know, type of thing. And uh, uh, if the music, if the music works, then it's almost, it almost doesn't matter as long as it's a decent recording, you know? There's also a Chris Whitley record called uh, Dirt Floor, which is just him uh, and various, it, it's just him solo, but it's, I think he did it with one microphone. And uh, I love that record also because it's so spare and it's just it's just what's going on right there in the room, you know, and I, I, I appreciate that. And oftentimes I play solo a lot. So, uh, you know, I've made a lot of records where I where it's a full band arrangement and then I end up going out playing most of the time solo and uh, which works, too. You know, if the songs are good, the songs are good. Um, but I I want to do something was that was just exactly how it uh, it, it came out. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I was, I was a big fan back in high school of the, um, that, that early blue stuff like uh Sunhouse and Robert Johnson and yeah. lightning Hopkins and all that. And, uh, yeah. uh, that, that, that blues really kind of turned me on to a whole other world of, of music. And uh, I love, sure. love that sound. There's it's influenced so many people, you know, also that, um, that first RL Burnside recording, I think it's called first recordings that George Mitchell did same thing guy just showed up and recorded him in his his house you know and uh it just because the because the the music is so deep it just works you know and i i like i like acoustic i like acoustic guitar uh when people play like that you know there's some there's some kind of um uh depth of the plane it's not just strumming you know not there's anything wrong with just strumming but uh kind of uh the finger picking and the kind of different tunings, all that stuff appeals to me, making the guitar do different things than just your standard three chord kind of romp. Yeah, for sure. I was, um, uh, I, I played just kind of local shows like coffee houses and stuff like that. And somebody came up to me after a set and said, um, have you ever heard of RL Burnside? Cause I was playing some Robert uh, Johnson and uh, I hadn't heard of, uh, of him before. And she was like, you gotta check him out. So you know, did the whole Spotify thing. I, I was blown away. I'd, I'd never heard that before. That is his category. His catalog is unbelievably dense and yep. so cool. I, w- I was like, man, I'm 45 now. Like, how did I, how did I miss this guy this whole time? That, that whole uh, Mississippi Hill Country. There's so much stuff that came out of there. That it was it's really great. The um, uh, now I'm going to forget his name. Um, there's another guy, uh, shit. I can't remember. I can't believe I can't, his name is escaping me. I'll think of it. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of great stuff that came out of there, but Arl's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She oh, was, yeah. she was, um, from Arkansas and I guess there's a, a festival in the, in, on the Arkansas, Mississippi kind of in that area. Um, that's kind of famous and her pair parents used to take her to it. And she, so she saw RL Burnside play when she was a kid and stuff like that. And, oh, cool. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, awesome. A lot of cool stories. Junior, junior Kimbrough is the oh, other guy. That was the other guy that she mentioned. Yeah. yeah they must yeah. be, are they both from the same area? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's cool. I like that. Well, um, just talk about a couple of the songs. Uh, I really like the title track, the black flight. Um, I thought it had a cool vibe to it. And I was wondering if you could uh, just talk about that one a little bit. Uh, that one is kind of encapsulates the entirety of the story in a way. Uh, it's, uh, it's got a lot of different movements. That's the one that's probably most, uh, uh, you know, I dare say operatic in that it's probably, probably moves through 10 different kind of musical 
uh, chapters, different pieces. It doesn't really never comes around to a kind of uh, a chorus. Um, and that one, even though it's kind of a dense and long and complex song, it didn't really take me that long to write it. And I don't, I, it's one of those ones that I can't really remember uh, how or when I wrote it, but it just kind of tumbled out. All that 10 minutes of, of it kind of just happened. Um, but it starts out kind of in the first person of my great uncle and then shifts to kind of a third person narrative of what was happening and then kind of to his parents and girlfriend towards the end. Uh, but it kind of musically, it kind of traces the arc of all those things as well. So there's a lot of music, musical pieces that indicate to me what's going on. Uh, and maybe it carries through to people. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely works. And, uh, yeah, it has had movements is, is the, the thing I was thinking of and then yeah. I was listening to it for sure. And I also really like the uh, the opening uh, the opening track. Uh, Don't let them get you down um, is it, really good. Kind of as a memorable melody to it. And uh, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about that song? Uh, that one is in uh, a weird what's that C G C G G D tuning, as is the last song in the record. Um, and that one actually that was that's probably the oldest song that that guitar part and melody have been kicking around for five or six years. I think I've had them around. It could just never really had a, a suitable lyric that I liked. I think I went through two or three different versions of what that song was. Uh, but then I kind of envisioned it as a kind of a fighting song, kind of, uh, um, a bit of, a a daring do middle finger kind of, kind of song in a, in a way, um, as told from the, the perspective of, uh, of, uh, my great uncle and, uh, guys he was flying with. That's cool. So when you're, are you on tour with Sunvolt right now? Are you, is that right? No, I just got finished doing some shows with Steve Earle, um, okay. in Texas and, uh, in the South. And then I'm going out with Sunvolt in middle of August. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. I got mixed up on the dates. Um, so when you're playing these live and, and, and solo and whatnot, um, do you play a lot off this album? Um, is are you gonna once it gets released, are you gonna start playing them, or how, how have you been um, dealing with these songs from a live perspective? Well, opening for Steve, I I did my entire set was all the new songs. Uh, I think I played one old song. And it was actually really great because he's, he was playing solo too. So it was a receptive crowd. It was kind of a sit down crowd and people were listening. Um, so it was great. Um, for the Sunbolt uh, shows, I'm not quite sure. I'm still kind of figuring out what I'm, what I'm going to do. So it depends on night to night. Sometimes when things are louder, uh, I'll probably play. I'll be I'm more on the offense, the uh, volume offense. Um, but you know, I've I've opened for those guys a few times solo, and it's been great. So uh, yeah, I'm just gonna play it by ear. But I'm sure I'll play a bunch of the new stuff. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's cool, man. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Steve Earle, and uh, uh, that album that came out in early 2000s with the um, it's called Jerusalem. Um, that album was one of those like kind of life shifting movements or, or albums for me in my life. Um, cool. He's a he's an incredible songwriter. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, it really is. That's cool. Um, 
so yeah, so um, you, you're going to be touring quite a bit, but um, do you have any more projects coming up this year? Uh, no, just touring for this record. So I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do uh, I'm going to do the Sunvolt shows, and then I've got a couple tours in the works for the rest of the year. So okay. that's I mean the record isn't even out yet, so I'll probably tour a few more times this towards the end of the year, and then start up again in the in the winter. Okay, cool, cool. Are you coming out uh, west? Are you going to be in in the Reno area at all? I, I hope to, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was there last year. I guess it was last year, yeah. But I'll probably try to come uh, this spring. Okay. Or it was it was the previous spring, so it'll be two years by the time I return. So I'm going to try to be out west this cool. this spring. Yeah. All right. I'll make sure to to meet up with you and and, and watch that show. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, if uh, people want to know more about you and the album and all that kind of stuff and buy merch and all that good stuff, uh, where can people find you online? Uh, AndersParker.com. The one-stop shop. That's right. All right. And uh, by the way, I remembered uh, Tim's last name, Tim Wayner from Reno. That's right. Exactly. Tim, I'm sorry. I know <laughs> I, I know your last name. He's <laughs> blanking on it. Shout out to Tim yeah. Wayner. He, he puts on all kinds of incredible shows at his uh, house yeah. shows at his house. Cool. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Um, it's a really cool concept, and uh, I think the, the album sounds great, and I, I wish you the best of luck out there. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Just a quick reminder to follow me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Like and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to this. Leave a rating and tell a friend. Also, big thanks to Charlie Marks for providing the music for the show. Until next time, everybody. Have a good one.